Cover City Sports Podcast is back here on 1028. This week, we got another solid episode for you. Uh, we're talking which young QB would you take to lead your franchise? And Dave, we have a uh, New York Giants season ticket holder, our insider, uh, coming in for uh, an interview to talk Giants football here this week. We joked about it last week, but Trevor Lawrence kind of starting to spread rumors that he might be staying in Clemson for another year to avoid the Jets. We'll discuss the effect that this might have on the NFL. We got the games of the week for college, the games of the week for the NFL. Make sure you tune in. Lancer and let it rip. Yeah, Cover City. Cover City Sports is back 10-26-2020. Coming back with episode number 14. Steve, what's going on? Dave, I got to give love to our man Khabib. I got to play a song for him. 29-0, retires, going out on top, regained the lightweight title after he took down Justin Gaethje. Only lost two rounds in his whole MMA career, which I think is unbelievable. So give this guy some love. You think he comes back? You think he comes back from retirement? Oh, I don't know, Dave. It's a tough call, but he's the best around. Rue, what's going on, my man? Uh, never better, Dave. Big Ten football back. Can't be more excited for that. You like that Ohio State win? Uh, loved it. Lantern, what about you? How's the booth tonight? Dave, I have to uh, start off on a correction from last week. Last week, I said October 25th was the day that Marty McFly came back. That was correct, but it was 2015. So, uh, you know, the, the Twitter sphere came after me. And I want to set the record straight. October 25th is still Back to Future Day now and forever. But uh, I will not be outdone on that. I learned something after 35 years of that film being in existence and the Goonies being in existence. The Goonies and Back to the Future happened on the same day. That's right. Conspiracy, conspiracy theory coming at you right now. Listen up. Doc Brown is going to give it to you. Marty leaves to the past, October 26, 1985. In the Goonies, we see the paper in the old restaurant. The Fratellis break out of prison October the 24th, 1985, which is a Thursday. Earlier in the film, Mouth confirms that it's a Saturday. Steve-O, how did he do that? What is this, a nuclear Saturday or something, guys? I, I mean, this is heavy. Why are things so heavy in the future? Is there a problem with the Earth's gravitational pull? Lantern, <laughs> I love, I love the, the, the connection with, with the Goonies and Back to the Future. Probably two of our favorite movies growing up as kids. Yeah, no surprise there. Spielberg, writer, Goonies. Spielberg, director, Back to the Future. Boom. Let's get into it. Let's just get into it. So starting with uh, this week's morning announcement, Steve, give us a breakdown on some of your top bets from last week. How did you end up top or down? Where were you? Dave, we had some, we had some, yeah, cover cities. Uh, we had a, you know, a, a little bad beat, um, which actually wasn't a beat. It was a push. And then we just had an absolute total uh dog shit pick on my part uh my my one of my social media posts for for monday night football but but l let me just kind of fill you guys in on uh on the first one here the first two games that i i was i was screaming yeah cover city dave i don't know if this gets you fired up it gets me going and i'm gonna tell you one thing my boys at penn state and indiana we're cover city on the over baby had to take it to overtime michael Penix went for two to send it into overtime indiana goes down quick score in overtime then comes back scores a touchdown gets a two-point conversion over city cover city give me my money Second game, Dave. We're going to roll over. 
turn that down, guys, because this 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 game was crazy. So you had the Detroit Lions with an absolute backdoor cover city, and this one was for the ages. Todd Gurley basically was told in the huddle to not score a touchdown, and then my man he 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 does the improbable and scores a fucking touchdown. But it did come out later, and I don't know if you guys heard it. Matt Ryan was straight up in the huddle. Do not score. Do a not touchdown. score a touchdown. Scores a touchdown. Gives my man Matt Stafford a minute four seconds to go back down the field. Touchdown, Lions. Cover City. Give me my money. Tell them about the incentives. 500k for 13 tutties and uh 500 or uh 500k for a thousand yards so basically he told the team well, to go blow it out their he was ass gonna get 15 touchdowns he's not gonna score again it's game six maybe seven makes maybe you know there's thing called injuries all right so let's go ahead let's kick off the first topic here it looks like um the Dak Dak ever since Dak left the Cowboys have been absolutely shot but also the Patriots chances of hitting the playoffs are, are dwindling week by week Who's cashing in more on on the downfall? Dak with with his team doing doing terrible. You know, I think last week, two weeks ago, we were a little worried. Is he gonna be able to cash in with a a contract that he was offered something similar to the week before? But obviously, since he since since the last two weeks, he might actually get more money. And then we also have uh, Tom Brady. You know, is is his legacy? If Belichick can't make the playoffs without him, this just goes straight up to this was all Tom Brady. This wasn't Belichick. So. Uh, Rooster and Steve-O, who, who do you think is going to, you know, make out cash in a little more from this? I think that right now Dak is definitely the guy that you're going to look at and say, are we better off with you or without you? Obviously there's been tons of injuries on, on the, uh, you know, the offensive line for, for the Cowboys, but basically, Andy Dalton or any, any quarterback, I think that they would bring into that system right now isn't going to do what Dak did. So I I think in my heart of hearts that Dak is going to get is going to get paid and and deserves to get paid for for the performance and to where Dave they went from averaging thirty six points a game to six points a game. So I don't know you you tell me where the value falls into place. My brother in law is a Cowboy fan. I texted him over the weekend. I'm like, Dak's going to get paid. He said, No, he's going to get traded. I said, Geez, I, it, it didn't make any sense and didn't kind of, I didn't see that avenue, but uh, maybe it happens. But to me, he's shown that he, he's valuable. Yeah, they can't for that trade franchise. Dak. What are they going to do? They're not, their record's not going to be bad enough to pick up a, 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 a quarterback for, next fourth round. rounder. I mean, what are they going to get a fourth rounder for him? Unless, unless they, they're, they're, right, they but they're also not going to be bad enough to take a top three pick next year in, in the draft. I, I mean, think. we're talking about like an upwards of a top tier quarterback, but they're not going to be able to replace Dak. It's no, no shot. I mean, the no numbers shot. he was putting up, he still led the lead Pat league in passing yards the week after he was done playing. Yeah. And I, it, I, I think this totally works in his favor, but I think long-term down the road, if Belichick can't make the playoffs without Brady, it, it just it, it diminishes his his uh you know his, his career and only uplifts Brady as as potentially the best you know athlete of all time. Yeah, I mean, I think you got to think of the things outside of it too. We know uh, he was Belichick's schemes with Tom Brady were really good and and really exposed what he could do with his passing game. But I mean, we know seven guys were sitting out for the season. How much of that does plays into effect? Uh, for Belichick compared to Brady. My take on it, Rue, is that 
you know, we're, we're always like, what have you done for me lately? It's like we're Monday morning quarterbacks here. So it's like, you know, two weeks ago, we were ready to ship Tom Brady down downstream because he lost to the Bears. And, you know, now the last two weeks, he, he beat the Packers and he beat the Raiders and he kicked their ass, both the teams, and he, lo- and he looks good. My whole reasoning, and I believe that Tom Brady left New England, was because the Tampa Bay Buccaneers surrounded him with a better opportunity to make Tom at 43 years old be a better player than the weapons that he would have had in New England. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and I'm not going to bash Bill Belichick, but it's like, well, no one's bashing Bill Belichick. We're just putting Tom Brady ahead of Bill Belichick. I so agree. We're, 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 it wasn't Belichick. You know, it, people if, put it this way. If, if Cam made the playoffs this year with Belichick and Brady didn't, people would say it was Belichick. You know, they put Belichick above Brady. So right. we're saying Brady's going to be above Belichick, you know, at the end of the yeah, day. Yeah, I would agree know, with that. Brady above now. Belichick, but Belichick is still incredible. Right. You put no him one, with no other systems no and other players with the, that the Chiefs and the Buccaneers are playing with. He's doing just, if not better. Well, so we've we've been talking about quarterbacks and with Danielle Britt, Dan, Daniel Britt, Daniel, I should call him Danielle. Danielle Jones. <laughs> he should be Danielle. <laughs> Daniel Jones. Well, he's been playing this year. I we thought we were going to go with Dan Jones. I, he should be. Why is he Daniel? Wait, who? Daniel. Daniel, come That's and a get Duke your, kid. Come and pick your laundry That's a up. Duke kid. It is a Duke kid. So we've been talking about, you know, who who would we rather be the Giants quarterback instead of Daniel Jones? And so the, the question for the three of us is, over the last three years, what young quarterback would you take to lead your franchise? Because it also seems like, you know, if you take, you know, from 2018 to 2020, or let's call it 2017 2020, you have your young quarterbacks, and then you just have your your, your legends that have been in the game forever, like Brady and, and Breeze Rogers. and Rodgers and – even Russell Wilson, Russell filthy Wilson. Phil, yeah, and, and there's Rivers. not a lot. No, he sucks. Yeah, but he's been, he's been playing for yeah, twelve hundred years, years, and he should be a guy that they put when Ryan Fitzpatrick, Fitz called. Magic, add him ass. to the list. So ass. there's not a lot Packing. in the middle. So, Steve, who are you taking if you had to draft a quarterback over the last three years? You get to watch him play for the last three years. Who who are you taking? So, Dave, just a rundown for the listeners. You know, the last three years. uh, for top quarterbacks taken in the draft in 2018, you had Baker went first, Sam Darnold went second. Josh Allen was the third quarterback taken off the board. And the last pick of that first round was Lamar Jackson with the Ravens. So that was 18, 19. We're looking Kyler Murray, Daniel Jones, Dwayne Haskins, and, uh, and, and drew lock uh, with, with, with Denver. And then last year, obviously, I think we all know Burrow Tua, and uh, Herbert and then Hertz went in the second round. Uh, Dave, it, it, you know, it, it's kind of a, it's a tough call because you look at, you look at 18, there's two, there's two glaring quarterbacks right there that, that stand right out. You got Josh Allen and you got Lamar Jackson. Personally, I'm not riding with either of them right now. Um, last year, definitely not riding with, with the last three Kyler Murray definitely is the only one out of those three that, that stands out to me. And then last year, um, you know, or this year, uh, you know, Joe Burrow, first overall pick, he's, he's been solid. He's been playing well. Uh, Justin Herbert basically got thrust into the starting lineup, uh, week two, uh, for the chargers. He's been playing great as well. Um, but I'm going to roll with Tua. I, I love Tua. I love Tua time. 
Um, so you didn't watch him play. The only guy you didn't actually see play yet. There's not. And and there, I, I told you before we started this podcast, I wanted to throw you a curveball tonight because the two quarterbacks that I would want to build my franchise around or the Giants to build their franchise around have never taken a snap in the NFL yet. And I know the second guy you might be thinking would be Trevor Lawrence, but I'm not sold on Trevor Lawrence. I you know, Goldilocks is, you know, he's, he's handsome. You know, he, he, he can, he can, you know, win you some games, but I, I just, I'm not sold on his, uh, you know, his accuracy. Um, I, I'm, I'm rolling with Justin Fields, man. I love that guy. It's a I, bold statement. Bold. And if I had the choice, I'm going to roll with Justin Fields. The, the way he, his accuracy, uh, the way he can beat you with his mobility, his legs, I just think that guy is what the NFL is gearing their quarterbacks around. When you look at a guy like Kyler Murray, which I know you love, MVP, MVP, the chance I'm going to hear, you know, you got a guy like him, you got Russell Wilson, Justin Fields is that next guy. What do you think Tua is going to do that's going to make him separate himself from people like Lamar, ja- Lamar Jackson? Uh, you know, what, what what Burrow has done already, so what Murray has done. On the college ranks, Tua stepped in. And basically, the 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 highest stage, the 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 biggest game of the year, the national championship. Nick Saban benched Jalen Hurts in the second half and and started Tua and two. They, I think they were down seventeen points to Georgia and came back and won the game. I mean, the the way. So are to, you just saying it's the X factor? I just think this kid has it. This kid has it. He 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 makes the throws if he can just learn how to slide, how to take a tackle, and not try to go for that extra yard. He's got to learn to do that quick. He he doesn't have Real the frame. Quick. He does not have the frame to take hits in the NFL. I agree. And that. That's what would scare me about him. But if I'm going to roll the dice, I'm rolling it on him. So, Rooster, any any uh, listener of of Cover City Sports probably knows who you're going to go with. <laughs> so give us give us before you give us your first pick, give us your second pick. Justin Herbert going with Herbert. He got thrown into a situation that was uh, he takes over for um, Tyrod Taylor, and he comes in with a really powerful arm, really accurate, and he can do with the legs. Um, I think that's a guy you want to surround yourself with. Uh, I wouldn't do with Burrow. I even He's been performing. He's been putting up great fantasy numbers, but I think his ceiling is still there, and he's obviously in a little bit of a different situation than Herbert it, Herbert's in. But like I said, Herbert, powerful, uh, very intelligent, uh, poised in the pocket. I'm taking Herbert for a franchise guy. And then obviously you're number one. Yeah. I mean, Josh Allen, I'll, he'll be on my throne forever. <laughs> <laughs> so listeners probably know who I would take as well. So, but I'll tell you this, the reason I'm taking, so I, I think there's obviously a handful of these guys here that we could all take. I mean, I'd be happy with a lot of these rather than, than Daniel Jones. I Burrow hurts Tua Murray. Obviously Murray's my number one guy, but outside of just, um, you know, talent. I want to, I want a quarterback that I want to watch on a Sunday. I listen, I, I know like Eli won us two Super Bowls. He's a Hall of Fame quarterback. I'm not complaining with that, but he was generally boring to watch. Boring. He, he, he never would take a hit. He would never step up. He was never emotional, which is all just signs to a boring game. Boring. And yes, he had some amazing fourth quarter drives and, in, and in won some playoffs, amazing games, in the playoff Bowl. runs. But just a general Sunday in the middle of the season, he was not exciting to watch. So I would take Kyler Murray one. Uh, I love watching him play. 
yeah, he's he's a young Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. Um, and, and besides him, I think I would go probably uh, Lamar Jackson. I would love to see Lamar Jackson in a Giants uniform. I would love to watch that. And he, just what that would he's be. He's like a horse, man. I mean, he just flies. thoroughbred. Yeah, man. Just, I mean, yeah. And and he's getting better with his arm. And you know, he he, he he's not. You know, that was the big question I about think he has him. A big step he's got to take. It was like the first couple of years uh, too. It's he he just beat him with speed and beat him with athleticism. But that every every quarterback like that you get caught up to. And yeah. then also defensive quarters get better at scheming against you, right? So he's got to take that second leap, but I think he does. Lantern, you, you looking at the board? You take a pick for us? I'll take Bart Starr. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Good pick. Uh, well, moving on, let's get into what's coming up this week. Uh, game of the week, Steve-O. We got Steelers at Ravens, minus four and a half with a 48 point over under. Uh, what's your outlook here? Uh, Dave, I'm like, this is what I'm seeing. Like, it, what are the are the Steelers like the fucking Rodney Dangerfield of the NFL I've right now? I've been ripping him since we started. M- so me too. I, yeah. I mean, and, and shame on me because, I mean, all they're doing is coming out, winning and covering games. So I still think they go to the playoffs and lose the first game. Man, I don't know. that Their defense is top-notch defense right now. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Honestly, um, you know, we talked uh, to, to Lamar Jackson, and I think Mike Tomlin is a great coach. I think he's a defensive-minded coach, so I think they scheme uh, a, a good game plan uh, against Lamar Jackson, and they hold him at bay. And and I, I'll be honest, I'm going to take the points, and I, I just look for this one to be a close game. Yeah, I think the Ravens got holes. They got holes, and Mike Tomlin doesn't get the respect he deserves. They're clicking on all cylinders. You put anyone behind that offensive line to run, and they're just going to dominate the line of scrimmage. I agree. And I don't know if, how the Ravens' defense holds up with that. So, Steve, you put this one on here and and wondering why, but tell us why. Jets at Chiefs. Why why is that a game of the week? So it's not even a game of week. These were kind of more so spreads that I wanted the the the, the listeners to kind of look out for. So I started the, the Steelers getting points, which I just called them Rodney Dangerfield. This one, Dave. I don't get no respect. No respect. <laughs> Dave, this one, the, the, the Chiefs are laying 19 points. To the New York Jets. 19. This is the NFL. I mean, anything over 10 is a lot in the NFL. So I Googled it. I had to do a Google search myself. And, I, you know, I, I I wanted to know, is this is this the largest spread margin in NFL history? And it's not. It's crazy. The Pats it's not. were laying like 20 last year to someone, I think. It, May, they possibly could, but this is the largest one. Back in 2013, the Denver Broncos were given 28 points Jesus. to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Cover? I didn't, well, yeah, I, I didn't we'll see that. We'll get that on Twitter we'll, if yeah. they covered it or not. We're, we'll throw that on a tweet. But that, that game, it's just like that line to me, as bad as the Jets might be, 19 is a lot of points to give in an NFL well, game. Well, that's like I, I had to stay up and watch the Monday night football game. Um the Chargers versus the uh, Chargers blew out the Bears, right? I had to watch the whole thing because I was hoping uh, for three three extra points on my fantasy team from Coop. Um, and it's just like once you get ahead by more – by like they were winning what? It was something like 20-something to nothing or 20-something to three. It was, and so like by the 
the middle of the third, the Chargers were just running three three downs in a row. Three downs, you know, punt, whatever. They're just running the clock out since the middle of the third period. It was the, the middle of the third quarter. The rant, yo, I can't take this anymore. I can't take them to throw my headphones off. I can't take the Chargers and the Rams. Both LA. Well, the colors. The, the colors, colors the I know. I do it every time. I was going to say, I do not remember oh, the dude, Chargers playing on Monday. It's all right. It's all right. Sometimes, literally, like my, like my, my uh, fantasy guys, will, I'm like, why aren't they playing right now? I'm watching the game it's like oh wrong team I'm like Take cooper like cups 15. on the rams i didn't know if we were talking about a different coop. Coop. i, I bet how many coops this, are in the league we said this on the i way had no idea here. where you were going we, we had this conversation on the way up here and i, I still didn't put it together i can't say <laughs> i hope i'm not I, the I rams the it's okay one. i want to no, know what no, monday night Dave, game you're talking Dave, about i've caught myself a few times like talking to people on the phones i'm like wait a minute what did i just reference the wrong LA team. Couldn't they switch one of the colors, right, or something? Yeah, for the or, yeah, for the sake or of honestly, East or honestly, what do they both need to be in LA for? Because they don't the, the the attendance. Obviously, this year doesn't count, but you know, I think seven Charger fans, you know, come from San Diego up to LA. Like they should have just kept them in San Diego. Yeah. But anyway, it was it was the it was the Rams. Uh, the Rams against the Bears. But the point is, the game sucked. But once a team gets up decent in the NFL, they just drown the clock. They're, it's not like college. They're right. trying to keep scoring. No, you know they're not trying to run. You know what I did for that game? I walked out, walked out of work, smelled the air, said, this is, a, this is an under kind of night. Smell Didn't sex. know who was playing in the game. Took the under of the game. Air Donald in the beat. air. Just, you could smell it. It's nights like those. Yeah. Tomorrow, we're going to see who. Is there a Thursday night game? Yes. We're going to smell the, the air tomorrow. Um, It's like if you could smell an under, it was almost – no, I can't. Underwear. I'm getting like the under. Will you be sure you ain't smelling your own drugs? Like, no, no, no. It was like the underwear. air. The air just went through my nose way too smooth. And that's not what happens on overnights, and we're going to see what happens tomorrow. So, All Steve, right, well, last... tomorrow we're not going to talk about the game because it's a dumpster fire dog shit game that no one's even going to fucking tune into. So we're going to fast forward uh, to Sunday. Niners versus Seahawks. Minus three here. Seahawks favored by three. 54 over under. All right, Dave. Russell so... coming off a little t- tough loss, Tough man. loss. Here's my the MVP, thing. Kyler Murray, took him down. You know, so Russ is my guy. He's my fantasy uh, quarterback. I got him and A.A. Ron Rogers. But uh, th- I would look for Russell to to bounce back in the Seattle defense. Maybe they get Jamal Adams back. Uh, they just traded for Carlos Dunlap, uh, defensive player from, from the uh, Bengals. So maybe look for him to help boost that awful defense. So the play I'm looking at, Dave, in this game uh, is the, is the over, uh, Seattle's defense hasn't held anyone under 23 points a game this year. No one in, in all their games, their season average is 28.7 and they score 33.8 a games on average points per game on average. So my take hammer the over, I think, so, but, but Vegas knows that. Mm. Is that the they set it at bet? fifty. No, they set it at fifty-four. It's a high number for the NFL. NFL is usually around forty-two to forty-five. They've uh, been higher this year, though. Definitely, they've higher. been in the fifties. And hey, listen, I I think I came out last week and said look for unders, look for unders, and I played some unders. But in this game, you got you didn't smell the air, right? It's all about the air. It's all about the air. It's nothing about who's playing who. I love air. 
<laughs> I was reading it every day. But no, I, I was with you on Monday night with the under. I, I like that 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 air that I smell yeah. with the under. Mm -hmm. But this one, I'm sniffing. Smelly smell. I'm sniffing over city, cover city, and we're all going to be yelling. It I agree Sunday with you night. over. I think the Seahawks beat them by at least 10 points. Okay. Fair That's enough. I, I would okay. Easy money parlay, Seahawks with the spread, and uh, Steelers money line. All right, kid. So, Steve, I'll take us into, you know, we're going to wrap up the NFL here. So, your buttered hard roll is, represent, is represented in the NFL. Who you got? I, I think I kind of uh, alluded to this earlier in the pod, Dave. Doubling down on let's it. Go. Let's go. Let's go, boys. Monday. It's not Monday. It's Sunday. One, one o'clock. Sunday. It's two a time, baby. Get that dusty old fart with that beard old friggin' uh God, what was that nursery rhyme? Rumple Stiltskin. Beat it, Rumple Stiltskin. I feel like we gotta play some Hawaiian music. Uh, yeah, I want two a time, baby. Down in Miami, we got Tua coming off a of, uh, we got them coming off a of bye. The only thing I worry about with Tua is, is he's playing Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald had nine quarterback uh pressures uh in Monday night football against Big Dick Nick. But Big Dick Nick isn't my man, the young and upcoming. To a tongue of Iloa. So my Stewart's butter hard roll this week. And I know my man Noxie's gonna be cheering with me and Joe Bianco down in Delaware. Let's go to a baby. So let, let's go ahead. We're gonna roll into college football. And we joked about this last week with Trevor Lawrence uh going to the Jets and the Jets, you know, their franchise getting so bad that Trevor Lawrence stays at um at Clemson another year to avoid them. Now I think even if he does, the Jets go zero sixteen again. But let me just let me just pull this up. What what he what he uh, tweeted, which made him kind of get the rumors going. Trevor said, "We'll just have to see how things unfold. My mindset has been that I'm going to move on, but who knows?" So he, he kind of alluded to the fact that it's not a done deal. But so our, our question and our discussion here is. Do draftees holding out or refusing to sign with bad teams like Eli Manning or or John Elway did is that good or bad for the NFL? Well, Dave, and not so you're talking about guys that basically uh, held strong and told the franchise that drafted them that they won't play for them. You had guys like Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck went back to college for another year. Even Justin Herbert, that's another guy who Rooster talked to earlier in the year. Justin Herbert was projected to be the number one pick in, in the draft before went back to college for another year because he wanted to work on his education um, and then was taken third, third quarterback. I think overall. it was also a play like with his brother too. I think his brother you know what yes. team was uh, number one then had the number one pick. Bengals, the, uh, no Cardinals. They took okay. Kyler Murray. They, right. Okay. Th this was before Kyler hyped up and right. was the Heisman. So, you know, maybe that played into effect too. But, you know, you had Peyton Manning, who definitely was – he would have been the number one overall pick back in 96. He would have went to the Jets, but they took Keyshawn Johnson because he returned to college to Tennessee for one more year. And then you had uh, um, Andrew Luck didn't want to go to the Carolina Panthers, so he opted to go back to Stanford for his senior year and then came out um, and, and went to the Colts. Um, so, obviously, uh, Luck's – season or career ended a little bit abruptly but you know we know where Peyton Manning went and then you got guys like Eli two Super Bowls John Elway two Super Bowls went to five four five well think about it. Eli and Elway both Hall of Famers yeah so basically if if you're calling your shot like that Dave history has shown us that you're gonna you're gonna succeed wherever wherever you end up and I think that well, see I disagree with that 
I don't. I, I disagree with that completely. I think if you throw Eli into a broken system, like a, a disastrous system, I don't think he gets out of it. But that's why he called the shot and got the fuck got out. Right. So, but you said he, no matter where they end up, they're going oh, to rise to the top. No, no. I, what I meant to say is they called their shot. They got out, ended up in the right situation. So I, right. I should have, so I should have been. I, th- I think it's a good thing. I would actually like to see more players do this, especially quarterbacks. Um, I think it holds the league to uh, the league owners to running a good business. And I think it, it eliminates the tanking aspect, right? If you tank and you're that bad and a quarterback, you said, um, trade me i'm not signing with you right i think it's good like the, the jets have to figure something out they need to fire their coach they need to they're they're an embarrassment it's like an embarrassment each week is, is just terrible i think we touched on it last week we i did. think they're holding on to him because they don't want to they want that number one they overall want to, they pick. want to be zero and zero and 16 and definitely get trevor lawrence yeah or maybe one in 15 you know whatever it might be but you know i think it, it's tough it, it's tough to kind of gauge you know where they're at as a franchise because they have been pretty bad for 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 a number of years, and even worse than the Giants. So, well, the the thing is, if like Trevor Lawrence decided to go back to Clemson, who's to say they don't get the number one pick next year too? Yeah, right, exactly. That's Which is they honestly said. a probably good chance. There's been gifts coming out. It's like Trevor Lawrence decides to go back to college because the Jets have this year's pick, and he's like kind of smiling. And then you know the next gift they show. Trevor Lawrence had to come out because it's his last year and the Jets still have the first pick. And all so I, guess, like, I guess totally that's my stunned. point why I think it's good for Trevor to just instead of going back saying, no, I'm going to I'm well, entering the draft, but I will not. There's a the reason we can only name a handful of guys that have done it. And that's just simply because of money. But you see this. So you see this all the time. I think in sports like in the NBA, players go wherever wherever they want. They don't stay in a certain location if they don't want to. They they after they get drafted. Right, it, it's after the fact, but I right. think when it comes to there's no position in all of sports more important than a quarterback. Like you can tell a really good, like look at Joe Burrow right now. Is he is balling out? I know I said earlier that he's got a ceiling to him, but like he's balling out, and you can see the things around him aren't going his way, which you probably could eventually see from Trevor Lawrence. You could you can tell a good football player when they're on the field whether they have a shitty O line, shitty running back, shitty receivers. I think somebody with his talent level can definitely make up for for other things. Uh, you know, his intangibles. I know I just spoke that I, I'm not sold on his his accuracy, but, you know, the guys, he's a winner. He's won. And I know, you know, we could look at Clemson playing in a down ACC, but he's got a national championship. He was in another national championship game, lost to LSU, arguably the best offensive team that we've seen in our lifetime. So, you know, can Trevor come in and make the Jets relevant? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, that's their only hope. That is their only hope. Why does he have to accept? Why does he have to succumb to the Jets? He doesn't. If you were taking a job, you have any right to take any job, turn down any job you want. Here's why, the, why should it be different? Here's the thing. They're, they're going to get scrutinized heavily because they, they backed out or they said, I won't go to that team. It's just, it's inevitable that that's going to be the outlook on that guy. So to me, I think Trevor comes in and, and make the Jets a winner. Be friggin', you know, Broadway Joe. Get get in there and make the Jets good again. I mean, it wasn't too long ago that the Jets were going to AFC Championship games with Rex Ryan and friggin' Mark Sanchez as their quarterback. So I, I think that that Woody Johnson can get get you know the franchise back in the direction that they were in not too long ago, maybe a little bit longer than we might remember, but um, and it, and it starts well, with let me give you the like last Trevor question Lawrence. to wrap this up. 
do you think he looks at Darnold and said Darnold was nasty in college and, and had all he was you know, nowhere close to what Trevor Lawrence I'm is. saying do you think Trevor Lawrence looks at him and looks at where he is now and says in one way or another like I don't want to be a part of that as a competitor and as as a player I don't I think Trevor Lawrence says and th this is what I would say fuck what Trevor Lawrence would say this is what I would say I'm better than Sam Darnold. So you can take your surfboard. I'm not, I'm not saying he doesn't think he's better than Sam Darnold. I'm saying, do you think he looked at what happened to him and where he is in his career and how he had little to no help? And now he he doesn't want to be a part of that for three years. Which I can I, I totally understand what you're saying and where you're coming from. But as an ego standpoint, as a domineering player that excelled at the highest levels in college, which Sam Darnold never did, Trevor Lawrence might have in the back of his mind. Sam Darnold ain't me. I'll go throw to to, to Crowder. I'll go. I'll go hand off to Pierre or whatever frig his name is, and I'll make these guys a winner. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. I don't know the dynamic of the guy, um, but he is a winner. So I, I can I I can hold that to high standard. Well, fair enough. Let's move on. Uh, Moving on. on. Let's go ahead. Let's pop into Steve. Why don't you take us through this week's uh, games of the week here? All right, Dave. So these are uh, other games of spreads that kind of I, I was keeping an eye on. Um, Texas and Oklahoma State, I think, is going to be the game of the week here in, in my mind. Um, big, big, uh, big, big 12 uh, matchup here. Uh, Oak State's undefeated. Texas has, has two losses already. Uh, minus three points, uh, Oak State at home. And uh, 57 and a half uh, is the over-under there, Dave. Uh, my, my take, and it might be a bold take on this one, but I'm going Moneyline, Texas. Uh, coming off a of bye week, uh, I think that that uh, Tom Herman and company really need this statement win uh, for the program this year. Uh, for him to kind of really stay off of the hot seat. So I look for Texas money line. You could take Texas with the points, but I think you're going to get a better value with the money line there. And then we got Missouri at Florida minus 12 and a half with a 63 point over. Uh, Missouri's coming off two straight convincing wins uh, in Florida, a, a heartbreaking loss to Texas A&M and off two weeks because of COVID outbreaks. Yeah, Dave. I, I always hate the breaks in college football. I hate, hate it. Breaks. No, and especially this year is totally different. You know, so two weeks off. I mean, you don't ever see it. It's one week by, but now you're two weeks off of a of, of a basically a devastating loss to Texas A and M. Um, I, the line is huge to me. Twelve and a half points to a Missouri team who showed that they can play um, with top competition in the SEC. Honestly, my my pick is you know the 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 numbers too high and and I'll take the points and uh, go with with the Missouri Tigers. Uh, and then real, we got Mississippi State at Alabama minus thirty one and a half. You taking the points or are you just rolling tide? Rolling tide. Roll tide. Roll tide. Roll tide. Roll tide. Uh, I, Dave, I'll be honest, and I'm gonna roll tide until tide rolls on me. That elephant flips over and, and jumps on me. Until then, I'm taking the tide. What about uh, they obviously lose their star receiver uh, last week due to a, what was it an ankle a broken ankle broken ankle Jalen Waddle um, yeah still still uh, huge home favorites uh, thir thirty one and a half points Dave that that's I mean that's a ton of points um, for for anybody to be given but uh, the way Mississippi State's been scoring lately is is definitely 
they they haven't been putting up the points and and Alabama's offense is rolling and they showed it again last week uh you know they're basically like a five-star factory for for uh players and their wide receivers it's like hey Jalen Waddle's out I feel horrible hate to see him get hurt but it's the next man up and they've got three more five stars ready to just you know, catch touchdown passes and you know cover city for 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 us over here. So, so last last game uh, of the week for us, Arkansas at Texas A and M minus twelve and a half with a fifty five and a half point over under. Um, Arkansas finally got some of their first SEC wins this year. Are you buying them? I don't know. I think put a little bit of respect on my name. I don't mean to sound like LeBron James, a little bitch that he is. Cup shave your head, but I mean put some respect on Arkansas. I, I mean. The last three games against quality SEC uh, opponents, you got two wins and a two-point loss on the road to Auburn. They're they're getting 12.5 points against Texas A&M, who I'm definitely not sold on. I know they beat Florida. Um, you know, they had they had a, a good win last week against well, – it's not even a good win. They beat Mississippi State. Who gives a shit? Like, Mississippi State has shown that they're, they're not that good. So, that's why they're 31.5-point dogs to Bama. Give me Arkansas. Give me the points. My man's, you know, Sam Pittman's. He, he he's bringing some winning culture down there to 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 our Kansas, and I like the Razorbacks this week, baby. Still, I want you to transition us into the World Series. All right, guys. So uh, the World Series ended uh, Tuesday night. Uh, the Dodgers won their first World Series since 1988. And I guess my question to to everybody listening would be, are we putting an asterisk on this year's World Series champion with the shortened season and how everything kind of played out? I would simply just say no. No, I always say no to questions like this because I still believe you got to beat the best teams to be the best. I I agree. I think it's like what you said about the college – you know, the, the college playoffs, it, the four best teams, three at least of the four best teams are always in there. And the team that's supposed to win is going to win unless in the championship there was some, you know, miraculous, you know. Right. It's just the argument the of who's going to be the four. Right. Exactly. I, I, I think the top teams played arguably the top teams. If it went longer, could there have been different teams? Of course. But it sure. was shorter. So. No, but they, they, they extended the playoffs. Um, They, they. They kind of actually made it more interesting this year, which as a baseball How they fan, should keep it as a baseball fan my whole life. I just think that 162 games is too much. I think that the way they expanded the playoff uh, this year definitely played into the favor of the fan um, doesn't really go to show. The TV ratings were down, but I think they're down in the NBA. And I and I don't know how to take that personally. So just to give you guys. Yeah, you know, it's like the Rays have seven fans. Like, you know, and I know all seven of them. Like, I met them. Like, I, I, I introduced myself. We you have shook every hands. single one of them in your phone. Yeah, one they're just in my, my phone. Once. <laughs> <laughs> showed up to you, Albany. My I wife's cousin, Rays Tyler, fan. he's, you know, he's a big Jayhawk fan. He's a, he's a Ray fan. I don't know how it happened, but it happened. And, you know, so it's like. I don't believe in putting an asterisk next to anything. I don't either. One, because I, I don't tr- either. have trouble pronouncing the word, so right. I don't like saying it. Right. And Same two, it's just if you did something, you can accomplished it, then you accomplished it. And that was the season. That was this season. So, you know what? And, and, in, and in 10 years, you know what? what we're going to say, oh, you know, the Dodgers won it in 2020. It was the shortened season, but they still won it. It's like, they were- should, should Hall of Famers still be Hall of Famers because they played in the 60s? 
Right. It, you know, right. It, it, that yeah. might be the dumbest thing I've ever said, but like, <laughs> they, they wouldn't, they wouldn't be making it in the pros. Most of them wouldn't made it in the pros. Right. Babe Ruth would be flipping burgers. So, asterisks. Babe Ruth still be hitting dingers. Yeah, I hate, fucking right. I hate that guy. I'd strike anyway. Babe Ruth out. So that was our World Series this year. Uh, congratulations to all you Dodger fans out there. Our boy. A Mac Anthony Casal got to uh, celebrate a Dodger championship, and then my main man uh, Kevin Scorzone uh, down there in Raleigh uh, had the, had the uh, had the uh, L.A. Dodger blanket on his back and got to raise his hands up in in victory. So congratulations, L.A. Dodger fans, taking home the World Series 2020. Switchboards are lighting up. Sounds good. Time for uh, time for this week's guest. We have Giants insider Matt Fain coming on to talk about the the debacle in New York. Uh, Steve, why don't you go ahead and, and take this away from me? All right, Maddie. So uh, we appreciate you joining us here uh, this week. We're going to talk about the the New York Football Giants. We know uh, we know you your your knowledge of the the Giants uh, runs deep. So uh, we're glad to have you on here, Matt. No, uh, my knowledge is mushing out lately in the last eight years. <laughs> they've been they've been wearing on you. Yeah, oh yeah. So Maddie, the, the Giants sit at sit at one and six right now, currently last place in the worst division of football. Where do the Giants start in their attempt to improve this roster and to become a winning franchise again? Trade deadline is November third. Salary cap's gonna be about twenty five million less than it was this year. Sell off what you can, honestly. Look at Ingram right now. Every, he it's a bit about potential last four years with him. Do you sell him though? I, is is he is he a sell low right now? Would that be a like selling at a low point? That, that, it is. I mean, it it is. But look, look at look at him into that offense with Garrett. It's bad. I mean, it, you know, and I think it kind of slides both ways with him and his drops, and then the way they're kind of using him in that offense. It's just not working for. I mean, for- I I. I Garrett, he's just got to scrap this Evan Ingram reverse every time. You know, we, <laughs> we, run, we run a dive 20 yards, and next, you know, oh, let's run a reverse Evan Ingram. Well, minus, yeah, minus six. It, it I, just, oh, fumble. Okay. Right. That's because he scored on it once. So now, you know, I just got to run it 10 more yeah, times but, into I mean, the ground. It, it was I, like, I saw that play, and that if that guy wasn't slower than me in my prime, holy shit. It was like a 10 yard loss. All right. So, like, you, you just you referenced it. Trade deadlines fastly approaching here November 3rd. Other than Evan Ingram, who else do you think the Giants could could move? Kevin Zeitler, left guard. I mean, they drafted Lemieux in the fifth round. You know, a team that needs help on the line. He's obviously not in the plans for the future. He's going to cost $12 million next year. Mm-hmm. Move on, but it's also at the sake of possibly getting Daniel Jones killed. And so another question here we had was, what's your take on Joe Judge in his first year? I like him. I think he's going to do some good things, but I just, I think he gets a little too conservative. Mm-hmm. I, I do like his creativity. He, he does. He, he's not like Belichick where you see players love to run through a ball from and they're open about it. You can see in training camp with the sliding drills and stuff. Yeah, that, no, that was fun. We, I think we posted it on Twitter at cover city, yeah. you know, it's, and it's great to see something like that because you hear the stories of, Belichickian disciple kind of guy. So it, it is nice. Uh, you know, one thing I will say about the Giants this year so far, Matt, is that as bad as they they may be, uh, they haven't quit on him at any no, point the, in any the game. The defense is doing a lot better than you think. I mean, most of these guys now will be working at Arby's in 2021. 
like just extra horsey sauce. Is that what we're going for at Arby's? Just extra horsey sauce? Or maybe extra horse meat. All right. Okay. I got you. Matt, one one thing I, I when I see Judge, he seems to be okay with losing. And that's kind of like where I have an issue with him right now. He, he came no, to the camp. I, he got hired. He was, you know, I'm the drill sergeant. This is the way we, we do business. And then he just seems like, okay, where they are right now. Is that just my dark undertones on, uh, no, on the I, I can't get I, I the think clouds? No, I think it could be a dark undertone. I, I mean, he, he openly said, like, before – after the first game there, he goes, we don't openly, I don't openly rip players after, which was his basic way of saying, all right, these guys suck the last couple of games when they asked him about the offensive line. What's, so, go, what's going on with Andrew Thomas? Uh, can somebody, can somebody clarify that for me? What What's going on with him? I mean, you know, I, I saw it during draft. He was big and playing the tuba and band. He's got to quit the tuba and start fucking sh- shuttle drills. <laughs> Man. I, I mean, I think the last two drafts I've been screaming out loud. No. Um, I, I didn't want Daniel Jones. I didn't want uh, Andrew Thomas. But, I mean, he was the quote-unquote safe pick of tackle, and that's the scariest thought. I know, I know. Um, so this kind of leads me to my next question, talking about Daniel Jones. Um, it's year two. He's definitely having a sophomore slump. Where do you see this one ending up? It all depends. If, if we somehow intentionally shoot ourselves in the foot and end with the first pick, you got to go with Lawrence. Maybe hope for Penny Sewell. Penny Sewell, is a, he, he's going to be high on people's draft board. So, obviously, he he could be uh, a, a cornerstone at, at your offensive line, somebody to build off of, to go on. You know, uh, Pete's doing, doing well um, coming out of UConn, which I think would we get him in the fifth round? The third round. Third you know, round. He, okay. Oh, they did. They traded up for him. and So, I mean, I, I, I think eventually he's got to take over for Cam Fleming. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, the thing with the Giants right now, it's just, it's like, are you, are you bad or are you, you know, what are you trying to do here? It's like you're one in six. The last few years, it's like, especially last year, you know, I was hoping they kind of kept losing and they wound up, you know, winning, winning a couple games at the end there and dropping, you know, dropping they never, in the draft. They, Steve-O, they never committed to a full rebuild. That was their biggest problem. It's like, I, I think I mean, they how, waited how too long years? on a quarterback. They sat on Eli for, for three years longer than they should yeah, have. Definitely. Um, I mean, they at least could have drafted a quarterback and had Eli start an entire season, you know, with, with the, you know, at least give him something to push him. Like, hey, look at Aaron Rodgers. I mean, they friggin' took Jordan Love in the first round, and now the yeah. guy's, he's slinging it like, like he's Aaron Rodgers year two, you know, in the league. It, it's unbelievable. They should have had someone, but I, I mean, my favorite thing after Mackin got fired telling everyone how much he loved the home. So I'm like, oh, okay, sure, buddy. And I also loved <laughs> Apple stock in 2005. <laughs> so, Matt, I guess kind of to, to wrap this up, it, there hasn't been improvement from last year to this year. What what are the signs that the Giants are somewhat improving to, to give us uh, Giants fans some hope? I mean, look, look at the defense. I agree, they Matt. They do not I... have a second quarterback. Our supposed number two quarterback this year is you'll be seeing him Saturday in America's Most Wanted. Um, but yeah, I, I, I agree, Matt. I, you know, the offense is just so bad. And honestly, I know they brought in Jason Garrett because he has head coaching experience, but to me, it's not, he just, I don't know. He has head coaching, but guess what? He has a call played in eight years. People forget that. That's a good point. They're, they're, they're acting like this is 2007 when, you know, he was hot to trot. And right in demand next and, upcoming coordinator. I just and he's still he's still calling plays like this leagues in 2007. 
I agree. I agree. I, 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 you know, and that's like almost why I don't want to bash Daniel Jones so much because I almost yeah. think he's, he's regressing under Jason Garrett where last year with Pat Schumer, who I wish Pat Schumer just got it. Like get in your head, buddy. You're, you're an offensive coordinator. That's all you are. You're not a head coach. You're a play yeah. caller. Continue to be a play caller and you will continue to excel at that position exactly. and never lose your job unless the head coach loses your job. But if you're good at your job, more than likely your head coach is going to keep your job. Yeah. I mean, I just see enough. He's he's hurting Daniel Jones with this. But Matt, we we appreciate you hopping on. Before you leave, uh, I guess if there's anyone on the board minus Trevor Lawrence, are, are you sticking with Daniel Jones, or are you you taking another top quarterback outside of Trevor Lawrence? You you got to stick with him at least a year. All right, Maddie. Well, we appreciate you uh, coming on, dropping some Giants insider knowledge, and uh, we look forward to uh, talking to you again soon. All right, talk to you at the end of the year. We're talking about who we're picking at number two. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, Maddie. Take care, brother. Thank you. Thanks. Be good, guys. All right, brother. Let's move on to Lantern's lit weekend. Lantern, break down some of the lines upcoming this weekend. All right, we're going to have a small adjustment. We're going to start calling this Lantern's lit lines. Light up your life. That shit will light up your life. College football will not feature a single game with ranked opponents squaring off, but keep an eye out for lines on these games. We've got Michigan laying 25 and a half points to in-state rival Michigan State, who's coming off the SmackDown loss to Rutgers. LSU travels to Auburn as two and a half point road favorites in this game. And then up next, Ohio State travels to Happy Valley to take on Penn State in the nightcap. The Buckeyes are two and a half point favorites. Moving on to NFL action for your viewing pleasures. On Sunday, the Raiders are getting three points on the road against the five and two Browns. And Steve, oh, this one's for you. It's two a time in Miami as the Dolphins host the Rams. Finally, Saints travel to Soldier Field to take on the Bears. There isn't a line to that one yet, uh, Lantern. I, uh, it is it is out now, though, because the Bears played on Monday night. So that line is New Orleans going on the road, giving four points. And that is what is lit for your lineup this weekend. It'll light up your life. Light up your life. Thank you, Lantern. <laughs> New tagline there, Lantern's lit lines. Uh, Steve, before we end the podcast, let's get into our notes here. Wisconsin's QB Graham Mertz tested positive for COVID-19, resulting in automatic 21-day quarantine. What is that about? Uh, Dave, I don't know what the Big Ten was thinking. I don't think, you know, they were trying to prove a point to say, you know what, we're going to play this year, but if anyone tests positive, we're going to put the hammer down on them. We're going to make them quarantine for 21 days where the rest of the world is 10 days. So it doesn't make any sense. It's the stupidest thing I ever heard in my life. Mertz was actually the backup quarterback coming into the season. All he did in week one was go 20 for 21 with five touchdown passes against Illinois last Friday night. So I, I don't know. I feel bad. They canceled their game against Nebraska. And in order to qualify for the the uh the big big no the big 10 championship game you have to play uh six games so it's like so nebraska gets screwed uh you know what happens if nebraska has an outbreak and then you know they can't play another game so to me it's like the big 10 kind of back themselves in a corner playing so late in the season they should default the game they should uh 
what's the word disqual not disqualify but forfeit forfeit the game and and give Nebraska the win. The twenty one day take. quarantine is that's like half the season. No one in the world does that. No, no there's not one organization no, anywhere in the world that nothing. recommends a twenty one day quarantine. Nothing. But Arizona Wildcats have been charged with nine violations, most of which are coming from Sean Miller's, uh, the head basketball coach. Five of the charges against Arizona are alleged level one violations. Uh, this could uh, pose penalties for multi-year postseason bans and a full season suspension from Miller. Yeah, so Miller was on an HBO documentary uh, where he's basically on tape uh, taking money from uh, Adidas or Puma or whatever it was with uh, DeAndre Ayton, who was the first overall pick uh, by the Suns a few years ago. I just, you know, this guy's got like nine lives in, in college hoops. I don't get it. Um, I think now the NCAA is after him yet again. And um, I, I would, I would look for, for Sean Miller to be suspended uh, at some point uh, throughout this season and and most most likely lose his job at Arizona finally. Uh keep an eye on the weather for the Raiders Browns game. Supposed to be high winds there, possible possible rain as well. Uh so keep that on if you're betting the game there. Des Bryant signs a practice squad contract with the Ravens and hopes to resurrect his career uh in some fashion. Uh do you think he makes it onto a to a game day? I, I think don't he know. makes it on the field. I, you know, I think it it all will come into play is where he's at with his conditioning is, is he ready to step on the field? Because that's basically what they're looking for him to do. They're signing him right now to a practice squad contract to basically say, Hey, Des, did you work? Did you work yourself into NFL shape? Like we're, you're not Gronk. We're not giving you five weeks. You you step on the field Sunday and I want to make sure you're, you're catching passes. Philadelphia 76ers hired Daryl Morey. Ex Rockets GM, did I pronounce that one? There? Yeah, Mori, you nailed it, nailed it, Dave, nailed it. What do you think there? Uh, you know what? Uh, so Mori was with the Rockets for 13 seasons. Um, he's kind of one of them analytics guys. I think uh, Kevin Cash, the the manager, and I'm I'm moving sports here, but uh, baseball has always been known big on analytics, and Kevin Cash was getting bashed for taking out uh, Blake Snell uh, yesterday. Saber metrics, saber metrics. Daryl Morey is basically that you know Billy Bean of uh, the NBA, and I don't think it plays as well uh, in in the NBA as it, as it can for baseball because you see you see teams like the A's and the Rays, uh, you know, going with that, or even the the uh, the Cubs uh, with Theo Epstein winning championships, but Daryl Morey, um, Philadelphia hired him as the uh, president of ba uh, basketball operations to kind of work over uh, Elton Brand, the GM. So let's see. I mean, it, it, there there could be some moves moves made uh, in that franchise. They brought in Doc Rivers as the head coach, uh, who was also a, a general manager on top of being a head coach in in LA. So. I look to see some 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 major moves being made made in uh, in Philly this this offseason. And then the Houston Rockets hire Stephen Sillis as their head coach. His name's actually Stephen. He he doesn't go by Stephen as Curry does. Um, it's like but Stephen like, uh, from Family Matters. Stephon. <laughs> Stephon. Yeah. Um. Stephen Silas. A uh, couple years. Um. In uh in Dallas as an assistant there, uh, getting a shot. So um, I, I don't know, you know, he's definitely a young guy. I like I like giving young guys a shot and giving them a chance to to show what they have instead of 
you know, recycling dust farts like uh, like they did down in uh, uh, New Orleans with uh, what's his nuts there, Stan Van Gundy. He he came out he came out yesterday, Dave, saying that we're gonna build around Zion. Yeah, no shit. Like, are you serious? Yeah, you're gonna build around Zion. We're gonna so, build around our best player. Yeah, that's it. what your thoughts. Thanks, Stan. Appreciate that enlightenment. Well, that's going to do another episode for Cover City Sports. We will be back next week. Make sure you tune in um, or hop into our our DraftKings, uh, so our weekly fantasy uh, football draft. We have that link out, uh, DraftKings, on Instagram and Twitter. Yeah, get in, guys. We didn't fill it up last week. Oh, we but had 19? We had 18. Yeah, we had 18. We didn't fill it up. So let, let's get it back up to 20. And and really, real quick, we, our boy mid-major Mark called his shot last week. He uh, he said he was going to win. He scored 91.92 points on Sunday night with Russell Wilson and Tyler Lockett to take home first place in the DraftKings lineup this week. So get in, guys. Get in. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram at Cover City Sports. Thanks, guys. We're out. Back at it once again. That's Jim Jones. You already know what it is. We did it, y'all. Building it up, boys. And girls. Let's go. Yeah, Cover City.